Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who came, saw, and saw it again. Until they ran out of wood. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. What's up, everybody? It's uh, show number 503, and on today's show, we're talking about our bad attitudes, sealing a wooden coffee container, and using the wrong tool for the job. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a new product each month to one lucky, lucky <laughs> Wood Talk <laughs> listener. This month, they're giving away the Rockler Precision miter gauge and miter gauge fence to help you keep your corners straight and your miters tight uh it's also (coughs) excuse me has don't laugh at me it's not that funny Uh, it has over 200 (laughs) five-star reviews 200 five-star reviews you know 200 people can't be wrong it's got to be good stuff Uh, and it's a 150 dollars value so enter for your chance to win before june 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk and if you don't enter you can't win that's true totally true <laughs> and if you want to help support the show you can do so by going to patreon.com slash wood talk and signing up to become a patron of the show this episode we're thanking garrett robertson zach cinnamon and jeffrey wheat okay thanks to those guys you know we really appreciate the support you know we say it in the show but i just want to take a moment to thank everybody who does help us out on patreon that's uh, appreciated very yes, much so very so Okay, what's on the bench? We We do. Love you a long time. Uh, So, you know what? You know projects that suck, right? Sometimes they happen, (laughs) and you got to do them. Uh, The front door is one of those. So we've got a big old eight-foot-tall alder door that... um, Aren't you supposed to be making like a pantry thing? Yeah. Well, this is is how you know I'm not that into a project. (laughs) Because... Someone actually asked me this. They're like, wait, I thought you were the guy who doesn't do more than one project at once. I'm like, <laughs> when I like the project. If you see me doing more than one project at once, it's because I'm avoiding something. Yeah, but you you already are not into a project, so you pick up another one that you classify as a job that sucks. Let's, let's think this yeah, through. I just, I like to punish myself. 
Um, well, this is something that I, I, I want to see done. Like, I don't feel like doing the work, but I want to see it done. It's our front door. So there's been a few places where uh, the finish is peeling, where the stain is a little bit faded, uh, and I'd like to make that look nice. So we also, when we moved in, we switched. I'm sure people have done this before. You switch from one of the handles that has the little hoochie that goes down to the bottom, and there's a hole that holds it in place. What and the then you go for just a simple <laughs> lever. What are you explaining deal? to me? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the real fancy uh, hoopty handle. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> you know, sometimes Call yourself like, friends. an audio show just doesn't work. You leave me flapping in the wind here. Uh, basically, even if I um, know what you're talking about, I'm not helping you out because it's just way the audience. You, I know the audience knows what I'm talking about. So we switched to like a lever type uh, doorknob and there, th- there was that hole there. So I did repair it, you know, th- the best I could in a rush at the time. Um, but you still see the outline of the old handle. It is like this kind of, it's been long enough. This needs to be fixed. Um, so that's what this job is, is just taking off the old finish uh, trying to match the stain as close as I can and giving it a nice new coat of finish to uh, help it last uh, a lot longer. And this is a, a covered patio area. It gets a little, maybe a little bit of sun toward the end of the day when the sun is really low, um, but it gets no rain, no actual exposure beyond just the fact that it's outside. So it's in the shade though. So I don't think the the finish, uh, if I do like an Epiphanes uh, film finish on it, I don't expect to be redoing that door anytime soon. So it lasts forever. In that at situation, that I think it would, right? Like if it's not directly in the sun, it's going to have a good lifetime. I mean, if it. I look at like the undercarriage of my farmhouse table, yeah, basically brand new. Mm-hmm. Can't even yeah, tell. If it doesn't see direct sunshine, it's, you know, should, should hold up pretty well. Yeah. Is that uh, alder? Like the rest of the stuff in your house? It is. Yeah. Interesting. And it's, it's, it's a doozy and it's one that like, <laughs> it's a big, it's a big old door. And like, I want to take it off the hinges and just kind of go horizontal with it, which would be like the ideal situation. Do you want to borrow my skid steer for that? <clears throat> I do not. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be able to get it up the porch. Um, oh, we'll get up the, there. Don't worry. <laughs> you'll have a way. You use an, another tool to get the skid steer. Use the the tele- handler, yeah, yeah, there you go. The tele handler. <laughs> yeah. Remove the skid steer out of the porch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just too big and I don't want to have to get this thing up and down. And, and you know how, you know, if you're using oil-based products, this kind of refinishing, yeah, I get it. Yeah. This kind of refinishing project is, you know, a multi-stage, uh, Oh yeah, I guess we are going to have a door for like a week. Well, that's just it. What am I going to do? Put a doggy door and a sign that says, please don't come in. Like, <laughs> please, you need, <laughs> please be polite and don't break into my house. Uh, you need to have a door. So this entire thing is being done on the hinges, keeping it vertical and I, I had this like thought in my head, like I wanted to decide whether I was going to film this thing. And I think sometimes when you do a house project or, you know, just a, something you would normally do off camera, you, you always feel that guilt when you make content that you're not filming it. So as I started to embark on the project, I'm like, who's going to be interested in this? You know, like, I don't think anyone cares about me refinishing my door. You know, the last time I had that same thought come across my brain was when I was refinishing my mom's cabinets. Oh, and yeah. you know what has like probably the most views of any video I've done in like the last 10 years is that stupid video of my mom's cabinet project. So I'm like, you know what? If I feel like it's like no one cares, I should probably film it because I'm clearly not. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so not the best person. Are you filming it? So, yeah, I am filming okay. it. And it's going to be like how to refinish a door without taking it off the hinges. And it's not like <laughs> a complete how to. It's simply here's how I did it. That's and thrilling. We'll see what happens. 
Well, look, it's no mowing the lawn. You know, I could tell you that much. Yeah, that was real time, baby. Well, <laughs> it was, it was one of my fast. best performing social posts in a long time. I bet 438,000 monthly global searches. Well, in the North American Google search engine for how to refinish a front door, 438,000. I thought you were going to say for month. how Matt Moses. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was like. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, it's probably, you know, something people want to do, uh, refinish a door. What do they not want to do? Take it off the frame and then get it horizontal. It's unrealistic for a lot of people to be able to do that. Um, and it feeds my laziness. All right, so, so I got a I got a back door that I got to refinish. So let mm-hmm. me know when yours is going to come out so I can tent pull that. You know. Yeah. Wait. Wait for my. Uh, wait for my video. What are we looking at still eight months out. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Ten, maybe ten. So, you never know. So I got time then. <laughs> yeah, you got some time. <laughs> for sure. So Matt, I don't see anything here in the show notes. I'm assuming you don't have a whole lot going on right now. Still working through my backlog of videos. So well, I mean. The things I'm doing are is like shooting outros for videos that I start like I shot like last fall. So there's that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which really? basically consists of, oh, I haven't stacked this wood yet. So let me go stack it real quick so I can shoot an outro and complete the story. So people don't think I just leave like wood laying around yeah. unstacked. Wow. How dare you? Like some kind of animal. Some kind like of monster. Shannon over there. Over there Seriously. Stacking oh, you're wood like a monster. <laughs> totally. That just sounds like a lot of work to film an outro. It is. It is quite a lot of work. I don't think people appreciate the outros. <laughs> you do it too much and you get so good at it. People just take it for granted. That's that's what's happened. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I mean, if if it, if you have to like think about it, then you know, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm, yeah. You really raised the bar on stacking wood. <laughs> I invented it. No one can compete with it. <laughs> I invented it. So, <laughs> Shannon, what are you going to call uh, well, uh, I'm making some floating shelves for my niece. It was, uh, the, the, the ultimate woodworker cop out wedding gift. Um, mm. mainly because I had to fly to the other side of the country and it was kind of like, yeah, what do you want for your wedding gift? You want me to build you something? Sure. Let me know what you want. Well, she's called in the, uh, called in the favor. She just bought a new house and she wants some of those floating shelves <clears throat> for her kitchen kind of flank the the kitchen window there. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I have a picture and some <laughs> kind of measurements to, <laughs> to, to make this work. And I know there's four shelves and kind of how wide they need to be. But since I won't be there to install them, you know, her husband's perfectly handy, but at the same time, it's, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, floating shelves are, not super difficult to install, but I think, you know, if you don't have the right hardware and you put them on crooked, there's not really a lot of adjustability. So I went looking for uh, floating shelf hardware and lo and behold, found them at Rockler. Actually, I found them lots mm-hmm. of places, but I found, I think the best ones I like over at Rockler because there's a little bit of adjustability built into it. Kind of like Euro hinges have that slight adjustability left and right and up and down and everything once you install it. So I think mm-hmm. this will make things a little bit easier. So the Sweet. the wood that I split into logs, when I was talking about in the last show from that windstorm, I'm actually going to use that because um, I only need like five inch deep shelves. So I'm going to split out some planks from that um, and uh, make shelves out of it. So I just got my Rockler hardware the other day and I used my wood talk discount code to get Sweet. it or discount code, shipping code, <laughs> whatever really? you want to call it. I did. Yeah, free shipping. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
So I uh, got my free shipping, got my Rockler hardware, and now I'm going to... So, so now we know the code works. Yeah, we know it works. <laughs> well, well, there's one, Rockler. You got one. <laughs> They're excited. Are you doing the install on these? I will not, because she lives in San Diego, and that's, that's not exactly driving distance from They Maryland. can't fly you out there? Come and, on. You know, I brought it up, but the last time I flew out there, I caused a pandemic, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, that was everybody hates you now. That was the last thing. In fact, I remember flying back from the wedding and like feeling feverish. Mainly it was mm-hmm. just because I hadn't gotten any sleep in three days. But uh, yeah, that the next week we went into lockdown for the first time. So yeah, I, I'm not allowed <laughs> back to San Diego ever, apparently. Yeah. I, I do. I caused bad so Let me things. ask you this. The last time I did a floating shelf install uh-huh. and I hadn't really done many of them before, um, they weren't that long, maybe like three and a half feet, something like that. And I was not prepared for how out of flat my wall was. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, scribing the back of the shelf to the wall became like, if you're being picky about the install, that was a pretty important part of the process. Yeah. So hopefully her walls are flat Well, or she's not picky. I, I thought about that. And fortunately I'm not installing it into a wall. I'm installing it into the side of a cabinet. So picture oh, like kitchen cabinets that flank a window and the yeah, yeah. shelves are going, pointing like the back goes into the side of the, of the cabinet that's on either side of the window. So I have to do it a little bit differently because I can't obviously sink the supports into studs. So I'm going to use a um, bolt and nut solution and, and just drill through holes into the cabinet because I asked her, is it going to be okay? Like, you know, do you have glass yeah. doors or anything like that? She's like, no, it doesn't matter. Um, so I just have to get the bolt depth right so that I don't have like, you know, three inches of bolt sticking into the cabinet on the inside. Um, and I think what I, what I also may do is actually send along like a spare block of wood that you can put on the inside of the cabinet, just to add a little bit extra thickness. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, you, I I asked her what's the thickness of your cabinets. And she said it was two and a half inches. I said, is that the face Whoa. frame or the cabinet? That's some <laughs> thick plywood. Yeah. So I was like, face frame Slap or the cabinet? cabinet. And, and she said, what's a face frame? So I was like, oh, good Lord. Put your husband on the phone. <laughs> Not to sound sexist. Oh, that's sexist. That's, that's sexist. Shannon. But yeah, her, way husband, to go. her husband does- I'm calling um, you out. He, he puts together helicopters for the army. So, excuse mm-hmm. me, for the Navy. Oh my God, so sorry. For the, for the Navy. Sorry, Michael. Oh, now you're, uh, you're military is <laughs> that, that that's actually worse than the sexist <laughs> thing. Actually, yeah, bad day that's for actually you. worse. So yeah, he's a, he's a helicopter mechanic. So I was like, you know, what's the case side and, and they're, they're typical three quarter inch plywood. So I do think an extra block, um, and I'll even match the species, the cherry cabinet. So I'll mm-hmm. give her a cherry block that's finished nicely. That can go on the inside, you know, and some sort what? of big fender washer. Think of all the pens that could have been. I know what a waste, what an absolute waste, but (laughs) yeah, that, that that is my hope. I'm hoping that at least the plywood in the cabinetry is flat, flat ish, hopefully. And and because it it shouldn't be too bad. Well, and it's not like, you know, a 36 inch depth. It's a typical cabinet depth. It's uh, like 15 inches, I think is the depth. 15, something. So the the short is the shelves are relatively short. So even if they are out of flat, I don't have that huge distance to, you know, exacerbate yeah. the issue, but yeah. Mm, okay. Well, and I just want to mention any opinions, um, relayed by Shannon are not the opinions of the wood talk group in general, uh, and address all email directly to Shannon. And to be fair, my niece said, Oh, I won't be doing it. Michael's going to do the install. <laughs> She's like, I don't yeah. know a screwdriver for my handsaw. So yeah. So yeah. she admitted to it, but yeah. Context is everything. Yeah, sure. 
but I have no, <laughs> sure. I have no excuse for the Army Navy <laughs> thing. Sorry, I'm an Air yeah, Force brat. What do I know? Okay, let's get to our kickback. We got one thing, Shannon. It's yours. Sure. This is from Daniel. He said, "I was listening to your podcast, newest oldest, and I heard." Many comments about your attitude. I think you guys are hysterical, but then again, I'm an electrician and I'm used to construction site atmosphere. I totally understand you've answered these questions many times before. And if I had a question, I'd preface with, if you've answered it previously, say so, and I'll do my own research and find it. That said, Shannon is mean. Just kidding. I don't know. True that. <laughs> How appropriate that this came up right now. He's also so sexy and, timing. and anti-military, yeah. apparently. So <laughs> thanks thanks for not quitting. Thanks for sharing all the woodworking knowledge for us hobbyists. Well, those electricians. Yeah. Got, I need to offend them guys. now. They're mean. You know, there was a comment that came in. and I They're sometimes shockingly go to mean. The, ah. <laughs> I'll sometimes go to the Wood Talk site and just kind of peruse any comments that have come in. And there's a comment on an episode that was, it's really old. It's like six years old or something. And it's going after Shannon for saying that registered nurses aren't degreed. What? <laughs> do you remember, do you remember even having that conversation? That? Wow. I didn't even we know. Were, it was someone. I, I know nothing about the requirement to become a registered nurse. So, <laughs> well, what happened was we were talking about, um, someone wrote a question about, uh, college education versus jobs in the trade. And you were telling a story and somehow got on to, you know, registered nurses. And you're like, and I don't, I don't think they're degreed. And you actually did say, I don't think, but uh, there were the only two comments on that post are about you getting that wrong. Nice. <laughs> the registered <laughs> nurses are degreed. Are they? So you really want to dig that a little deeper? No, I mean, now, now I'm actually curious. Like <laughs> really, is, can you get a degree in, in as an RN? I think you get a degree certainly, but like you don't get a, I don't know. I honestly don't I, know. I, I don't know the specifics, but there were two people who uh, disagreed with you. Okay. Vehement, vehemently. Okay. Well, I'm now, often you know wrong. what's funny about, you know, what's funny about Daniel's question. I thought about this and I'm like, you know what? We haven't actually been given much crap lately. You know, That's just true. with people who are like, well, what's going you on? You guys have changed or your attitudes are bad. Well, two things I could say about that. One is there was a point where I think someone did say something about being sarcastic about an answer to a question and I had personally had a change of heart about that. And I, I tried to make sure that from now on, I don't like actually make actively make fun of the person who asked the question or make them feel in any way stupid for asking that question. I think all three of us, you know, tr at least make yeah, well, an effort. Now you have a whole segment for that. <clears throat> That's right. Stupid questions. We put them in one little pile. <laughs> um, but one yeah, so I, I think we have tried to change that. But more importantly, uh, if you're a podcaster and you get a lot of crap, like it's the internet, you're going to get crap. Here's a, here's a hot tip for you. Threaten to quit. <laughs> then don't then threaten to quit again. Then finally you do quit, quit for a year and come back. It's amazing how few complaints you get about the quality of your podcast <laughs> when you actually go away and then bring it back. Huh. I, it's weird. Like, can you guys think of anything in the last year that's been like a really aggressive criticism of this podcast? I think most people are just happy that we're still doing it. It's a good point. What so I maybe that's a tactic. Maybe know. it's the Rockler thing. Could be. Could They're afraid be. of Rockler. Yeah. I, I or also, they like Rockler so much. I, I take a little issue with Daniel's question as well. Not issue, but I, I, I challenge him because he says, you know, if, if we've answered it before, we can say we did it and you can go do your own research. Yeah. Good luck finding that in the archive of the show. <laughs> yeah, we can't about, even find it. Yeah. I just like, I know we talked about that and I actually recorded that show, but I couldn't find it if put a gun to my head. <laughs> 
No, I yeah. would never, I would never actually begrudge someone asking a question that we've answered in the past. Right. We've, we've covered topics twice without even realizing it. Probably more than twice. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like we've, we've dedicated, I think we've named shows after the same topic and someone was like, Hey, you guys know you covered that already in episode, whatever. It's like, well, it's five years later. I don't know, right. Maybe. The only reason you know is because WordPress threw like a one on the end of the URL because we had the exact yeah. same title. It's like, wait, yeah, you go, Oh, Oh, wait, we did this. <laughs> Apparently we did this. Already. You already so, made this show once. You want to do yeah. it again? You sure? All right. All right. Well, let's get into, uh, you were just talking about Rockler. So good timing. Uh, have you ever wondered what type of epoxy is best for your project and maybe how to mix and apply the epoxy? Rockler put together an epoxy buying guide, which will help you find the right epoxy for your build. The guide also includes tips for prepping your workpiece, making molds and forms, mixing, coloring, and pouring epoxy, and finishing your project. And it includes free project plans and videos. Uh, so, of course, we'll have that link in the show notes um, for you. But if you go to rockler.com and search for epoxy, you're going to find the buying and users guide. So definitely one of those great resources from our friends at Rockler. Uh, if somebody maybe, let's say, 15 years ago came to you and said, like, it would explain the state of epoxy in 2020 <laughs> and 2021, <laughs> would you have believed it? No, because, like, even when... I like when I started using it, like to fill cracks and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a significant investment. So what I'm looking at now, I'm like, how much money are you spending just throwing this epoxy everywhere? Yeah, that's a good point. That's the, that would probably be my first reaction is like, did epoxy somehow get like free? <laughs> well, I would right. er, splurge free by er? buying myself like the gallon pumps. Right. Oh, yeah. And that, that was a big splurge, but I'm like, well, it's going to last me years. It's so convenient. I'm going to, you know, it'll be fine. But now it's like buckets, right. buckets yeah. full of the, epoxy. The gallon of West systems won't work, you know, at all for what you need. I don't see. And I don't, I don't really mess with the pouring of no. epoxy. Has the price come down to a point that it makes it a little more affordable? The, the pourable ones get cheaper. Yeah. Like when you're buying, it's, you know, it's a bulk discount kind of thing, but it's still not like, I mean, you're talking domino prices in epoxy. We, yeah. all, we all like to use a domino as a frame of reference. You can buy a domino or you can buy the epoxy for your project. Or, or here's a thought. You could buy the wood instead of using epoxy. Oh, how dare you? Wood. <laughs> they want their table made of plastic. They're going to use plastic. <laughs> yeah, th that was the biggest change. Epoxy went from adhesive to building material. <laughs> yeah. What's that hashtag I like to use? Make epoxy a glue again? You know, I still have that light bulb hanging in my shop for you. Oh, you do? I haven't got around to taking it down. I don't know if I'm going to take it down now. Even, Team Lonely Bulb. Even though it throws <laughs> off my white balance. Yeah. <laughs> it just changed the bulb to something more appropriate. But then it's not the same bulb, and is it really the same thing then? That's true. There's a sentimental value there. <laughs> is it really <laughs> the when same When I come to visit, thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time with that bulb. <laughs> we'll take like a time. picture by it, and like no one's going to know what the heck this is about. It'll be just for me. For you. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Well, let's get to our questions. And we've got a good one here from, uh, from Tom, Tom with an accent. Uh, Mark, Shannon and Matt. Hi, this is Tom uh, from the UK originally. You can probably tell by the accent. I know how you guys love an accent. Um, now living in Sweden. Jag kan prata lite svenska för det jag vill, men uh, min svensk accent är inte så bra som min engelsk. Um, so, um, yeah, I got a little question. I'm just... Um, 
moving out of the house and doing a bit of uh, tidying up and renovation and something struck me that I'd be interested to get you, your guys' opinion on. Um, it's not strictly woodworking, but it involves uh, woodworking tools. So I think it's kind of relevant. Um, so my question is about uh, misuse of tools, using the wrong tool for a job. So like, I'm going to start with what's probably the worst, uh, using a chisel to open a can of paint. Um, I'm currently using a screwdriver to unscrew a, um, a big screw eye from the ceiling. My daughter, who's uh, four, had a rope ladder over her bed with a couple of big screw eyes into a joist in the ceiling. And uh, it, just, it just struck me, uh, it's exactly the right tool for the job, but it's not built for this job. Uh, so yeah, be interested to hear what you guys have to say about that. What do you let yourselves get away with and where do you draw your line? Um, thanks. Love the show. Thanks for not quitting. blah de blah blah um, And uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Bye. blah 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 Okay, cool. Well, thank you for that, Tom. Uh, I had to give this a little bit of thought. I find that anytime I bring a woodworking tool, specifically something from the shop, into the house for whatever reason, I start to get nervous. Like I think, I'm not sure I want to do this. Like whatever it is, it always feels wrong to me. But I think the the best example of this for me is um, I used a card scraper to clean a griddle. (laughs) Really? Nice. Yeah. So, you know, like the the caked on stuff, maybe every couple of years you want to get some of that junk off of there. (laughs) I was like, I I don't actually have a tool that's appropriate for that. So I went and got my griddle scraper. Yeah. I got my biggest (laughs) card scraper and went to town on it and it worked great. How big of a hook did you turn on that thing? I was going to (laughs) say, I think I immediately destroyed the hook. (laughs) I think the process of doing that was like filing the scraper. So it was ready for a new hook. Uh, but it worked. And you know, the funny thing is you do these things and a lot of times you immediately have a, you know, something that tells you this was the wrong tool for the job. This was a case where I was rewarded for that. And you know, the the experience told me I should do this again. Well, and that one too, it's like a low risk thing too, because it's not like an expensive tool. Yeah. And I could, and it's like, again, it's repairable. Like part of the use of it is like filing it and sharpening it anyway. So like, what are you you going to do to it? Scraper. Might have ruined the griddle. But. Yeah, the, the griddle definitely is worth more. Well, and I think a lot, you know, for the scraper mate or in the griddle maintenance, normally you don't do a whole lot to it. You just keep it clean between uses and let it stay seasoned. Uh, but there was some there was some schmutz on there that needed to come off. <laughs> so that that's me. I don't know if you guys had time to think of anything for this. I mean, I don't have any like I don't have a specific example like that. But yeah. for me, mine is like everything's a hammer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever yeah. is closest that if I need a hammer, whatever is closest by that I can smack something with, yeah. that's what's getting used. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, screwdriver handle, also a hammer. Oh yeah. You know. Back of a drill? Yeah, <laughs> I use that actually a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, far too often. And it and sometimes they have like a rubber material for impact back there, <laughs> which works totally works against you. <laughs> uh-huh. Or the battery. I use the, the battery a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually the hardest part. It's a nice firm plastic casing. <laughs> Yeah. Works pretty well for driving things. Yep, perfectly <laughs> good. I've actually uh, I've, I've used my um, my honing guide, one of those like Eclipse side clamping honing guides, as a phone stand. <laughs> oh, really? Did a good job as a, as a phone you know, stand. That's actually not a terrible idea. Yeah, it's pretty slick. You I can roll like it that. around if you need to. <laughs> yeah, it's mobile. It's mobile. <laughs> mobile base for your phone. 
Yeah. <laughs> for your mobile phone. Got to have a mobile base for your mobile phone. <laughs> da, da, da. All right. Uh, next question we have here is from Matt. He says, dear gentlemen and Mark, I want to make a coffee dispenser. I actually edited the crap out of this, by the way, because uh, there was there was a lot of jokes in the writing. It was very good, but I had to shorten it. So apologies to uh, Matt for that. He says, I want to make a coffee dispenser to release the exact amount of grounds needed to fill my coffee maker. I'm thinking of either making it out of segmented rings or stacking a bunch of plywood rings to make this cylindrical monument to my laziness. Should I be concerned about storing coffee grounds in a wood vessel? So I think when you're talking about dry food stuffs, I get a lot less worried about things. It's usually when it's wet that I have issues with that. I would say you want to seal something, especially if he's doing the plywood rings. Personally, excuse me, I would not want my coffee grounds touching raw plywood edges. So I would want to seal it. And honestly, I think you could seal it with just about anything, but I would go with something that doesn't retain tons of odor. Anything oil-based is probably going to hold on to that odor and it's going to take a while to completely off gas. And even if you, you know, consider it completely cured, at some point you put the coffee in there, there is a good chance that the, um, you know, at least initially the finish smell, the oil smell could kind of permeate the, the coffee grounds, which would be no fun. Uh, I do think eventually the coffee would win that battle though, just because coffee um, smell is so intense. A lot of times people use coffee grounds in a thing to get rid of another odor, you know, cause it's pretty overpowering. Uh, but I would definitely seal it with something. My choice would probably be like a lacquer if you could get it in there. Uh, that would seal it up real nice. It dries pretty quickly and cures pretty fast. And I just don't think you're going to have any interaction issues between coffee grounds. And uh, if anything, it might just kind of slowly but surely wear away that finish. Uh, but most film finishes, as you know, we've been told multiple times by people like uh, Bob Flexner, uh, once a film finish is cured completely, it is then safe for contact with food. And again, dry coffee grounds, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot to it. Um, so that that's that's my opinion on that. Could do an epoxy. Uh, if you guys have anything, you yeah, you can get some epoxy. We'll go to that uh, Rockler epoxy buying and users guide. There you go. Find out which one works the best and uh, line it with that. I think well, it's the, it would depend on like how crazy into coffee you are, but definitely the the sealing aspect in my mind is very important because if you care about your coffee a lot, you don't want to like cross contaminate your different kinds of coffee together. Yeah, and then like one starting to taste like another one. So what are you saying? With, without the seal, the coffee would impart an odor into the vessel? Into, into the vessel. And when you put some other kind of coffee in there, that, yeah. that's going to come back into the other coffee. I got you. Yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could, actually, you could actually use coffee like as a finish, right? I mean, the, the tannic acid in the coffee, people use tea, people use coffee, put it in solution and paint it on and you've got your finish. So yeah, I, could, I hadn't thought about that. Good hmm. job, Matt. It goes the I other way. Okay. I'm just over here. Sitting around. Yeah. Drinking coffee. Thinking about coffee. <laughs> having, having fancy coffee with your pour over. Hey, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I had a whole conversation with a person on uh, Instagram because I, I just, I made the mistake of doing a story showing me pulverizing some beans to make some coffee grounds about how it, like almost, it was almost indicating that it was uncivilized to, <laughs> to do what I was doing to those coffee beans. Wow. And I'm like, you know, some people, some people, get it. You know, some people can taste the difference. They, they really nerd out on this stuff. And to me, coffee's coffee. And if I don't have a conical grinder, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> yeah. It was a funny conversation. I don't, I'll go quite that far, but different coffee yeah, is I, different coffee to me. 
I love a good cup of coffee and you give me a couple of like weird exotic things and you want me to taste them next to each other side by side, I can start to taste some differences. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm a equal opportunity coffee drinker <laughs> and unless it's like deliberately awful, you know, maybe, um, the, like Folgers crystals type stuff. Like <laughs> you just pour it in water and it dissolves. Like, unless it's that stuff, it's all coffee. Oh yeah. Instant it coffee like coffee. is its own thing. Oh yeah. No, I'm with, I'm with you, Mark. I don't think my palate is refined enough. I don't think I've been exposed to quality coffee. That's probably more, more of the issue. Yeah, that could be it too. I don't you know what I'm missing over. and I'm ignorantly blessed. You guys come over, I'll have a little coffee party. Well, okay. let's, do, let's do that. And yeah. we'll all be like jittery afterwards and <laughs> we'll, do we'll we'll talk about the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> come on guys, let's go. Let's go. You guys drunk or just caffeinated? I don't know. <laughs> A little bit we never know the difference. We, we tried to equal it out. We we tried to you know bring <laughs> the alcohol on top to kind of lower the buzz. Yeah, and we failed. Yeah. Keep going back. Did work. Didn't work. All right. Well, I picked this question specifically because it's for Mark, and I figured I would pose it to Mark. <laughs> That's um, pretty weird. So this is from Scott. He says this question is from Mark with a C. I have a 16 inch wide, eight quarter red elm slab that I intend to resaw to yield three eighths inch thick panels. My bandsaw does not have this kind of capacity, so I'm looking at handsawing. I have a rip handsaw, not a cabinet saw, on order from Woodcraft, not Rockler, but it's currently <laughs> on back order. Is yeah, this, exactly. That's what you get for getting it from right, Woodcraft. There you go. So is this an okay option? <laughs> so again, this is a question from Mark about hand, yeah. hand resawing. Is, is this yeah. an okay option or should I cancel the order and get a Blackburn frame saw kit? The kicker is uh-huh. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> this is a one-off and there's a 99.999% chance that I will never do this again. If I can get an answer before Woodcraft gets these in stock, it would be terrific. So okay. there you go, mm-hmm. Mark, this question's for you. I'd, I'd like you to <laughs> like you to handle sure. this. Okay. Well, I, I went, I went to Powermatic site. I searched for Blackburn frame saw kit. Um, <laughs> couldn't find it. So I'm not, I mean, maybe he misspelled it. That, that yeah, could, it could be what's be. going on. Maybe here. that was it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm just, I'll let you answer this, Shannon. Yeah. I, I think if, if you truly aren't going to be doing this again, but the fact that he's asking Mark, this question tells me he's probably not a fan of mine to begin with. So hand tools are <laughs> probably not something that he's aware of. I would, I would not recommend going Blackbird and frame saw kit and, and, Isaac over at Blackburn Toolworks, I consider him a friend. We actually worked together to develop that frame saw kit back in 2011. I have four of them. <laughs> they are fantastic saws, but resawing by hand, it's like you're part of the cult at that point. You've drank the Kool-Aid, you're down the <laughs> rabbit hole of the hand tool world, and you're pretty nuts at that point. So if you are kind of at all on the fence about doing things by hand, the fact that you own a bandsaw is probably an indicator that that may not be the tool for you. If this mm. is a one-off thing and the only option is going to be uh, use a handsaw, then get yourself a cheap handsaw and make the cut. It's going to suck. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to take a long time with uh, probably coming a saw coming out of Woodcraft, probably a lower pitched saw. It's going to be slow. I would recommend using your power tools as much as you can to like start the cut. So, you know, some people will make a, um, uh, a table saw rip cut, like all the way around the board. It's a little bit dicey with a 16 inch wide board, but with a, you know, higher um, sacrificial fence, it can be done safer. Get that curve started so that you only have to saw out like what's in the middle 
What's like the, the max depth of the average table saw? You know, what, it, what is it like max depth? You can be inches? like four inches, a no, 10 inches, inches of width still after that. Right. But that's still a hell of a lot better than 16. Having resawed by hand everything from three that, inches up yes. to 24 <laughs> inches, there is a major difference from resawing a six inch board to a 10 inch board. Major mm. difference, um, mm -hmm. let alone 16 inches. So anything he can do to remove some of that would be really, really helpful. Um, but, you know, there may be some other solutions you come up with. If you don't have a handsaw at all, and this is what you have to do, or order one from Woodcraft, then go for it. Just keep a block of paraffin wax nearby to keep that blade waxed. And when you're done, you can probably throw out that saw because it'll be dull. It's probably dull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good that he's got an eight quarter board. I know if I did this for the first time with an, with a board, I would need an eight quarter board just to yield two, three eighths <laughs> panels when I'm yeah. done. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> it would probably not go real well. Well, the Blackburn kit, first of all, it's a kit. So you're going to have to build the saw, which is a project in and of itself. And I, I mean, mm -hmm. if you're like me, I'm kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, I built it because I needed the saw, but I don't really like making tools. I'm not really a big fan of it. So to me, that would be like enough of a stumbling block. I would say, can I go buy this somewhere? Um, but then, I mean, it's also not exactly cheap. You know, it's high quality hardware. And Blackburn is a boutique place, so there's no guarantee that he can turn around any quicker than Woodcraft can get you a saw. In fact, I think Isaac has stopped taking orders on new saws, back saws. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think as much as I love my resaw frame saw, I just don't think that's the right solution because it is, it's a, it's a lovely tool in and of itself, and it would be a shame to only use it once and never use it again. It'd be a shame to have four of them. Unless, right? unless you love <laughs> sitting there going to waste. I will also say that there is a learning curve to using nice that flex, saw. Shannon. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Your mom. Whoa. That's brutal. <laughs> we'll talk about his mom. We're friends. Yeah, <laughs> only Mark can talk about my mom. That's right. I'm not even allowed to well, talk about my mom. Say she likes Mark better than Matt anyway. So it's true. Yeah. That's true. I really my birthday card this year was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> Uh, all right. So let's get to, uh, we got one more voicemail happening here. Uh, this one is from Michael and it is regarding the Veritas Mark II honing jig. Ooh, good phone holder. Hey guys, this is Michael from Cleveland. Love the show. Uh, two out of the three of you are fantastic. <laughs> uh, going back to episode 499, uh, you guys were talking about sharpening and the MK2 jig came up and Mark made a comment in passing about how hard it is to get a square edge using the MK2. Uh, you know, I'm having the same issue. I've been having it for a while. I thought it was just me doing something wrong. Uh, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. Um, you know, I'm very confident that I have the jig set up properly and the blades locked in properly, uh, but I just can't seem to come away with a square edge. So I was wondering if there's something, some way to get a square edge with the MK2 that I'm missing, um, you know, or if not, Mark, have you changed your sharpening setup? Is there another jig uh, that you guys know of, have experience with that produces a better outcome? Um, you know, I'm, I'm at this point considering getting the Tormek or, you know, a similar machine, but I prefer not to spend that money if it's not necessary. Uh, so would love uh, any feedback that you have. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Okay. Um, you know, there are other honing jigs out there, honing guides that you could use. Uh, the Lee, Lee Nielsen one is pretty good. And 
if I'm not mistaken, Lee Valley just came out with a side clamping version of a honing guide that you can use that I don't know how well it works. I don't know if it's better than the, the you know, than the um, Mark II. But the problem is I, I have read articles about long parag- multi-paragraph articles about how to get this thing to, to hone square and why it doesn't hone square. And it's like, if, if a guide has that much black magic to it, like the reason you use a guide like this is because you want the simplicity of throwing the tool in and you go. And it's like, if, and if, if 90% of the people who use this thing have this problem, I think the problem is the product and not the people. Um, so I wouldn't even chase these methods. See if you could find someone to buy it. I mean, the bottom line is it still works that, that <laughs> 90 <the> degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's someone else's problem now, <clears throat> but you know, at the same time, if you let them know, uh, and you just say, look, ultimately does that 90 degree perfect edge really matter? Or as long as it's sharpening consistently at the same angle, then I think you're fine. But I understand this. A lot of people just say, like, I'm going through this process. I want it to be perfect. It should be perfect or as close to perfect as we can get. So, yeah, other jigs will get you there. Uh, I think the Lee Nielsen uh, guide is a pretty darn good one. Um, shoot. I mean, honestly, if you get one of those little Eclipse $12 versions, you might have better luck with that. Um, the woodpecker sharpening thingamabob. I don't know that that's, I'm sorry. It's a, a dealy whacker. Um, yeah. I don't know if They're that right. is even available at this point, but they, they did send me one when it was first in production. That thing is as square as anything. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, who else guys? So I mentioned a new Lee Valley one. I have Lee the Kell guide. Oh, okay, yeah, that one. You're a fan of that one, right? I'm a I mean, fan it's of the, the only Nielsen fancy one. one that I've used. To me, I think the Lee Nielsen one's the best one on the market. And they've got all different like angled, uh, you know, yeah. uh, thingamajigs, the jaws, right? You can get different jaws for that one. That but looks to be good. fair, the MK2 is is the the honing guide that taught me how to freehand sharpen. So it was good for that. <laughs> it does serve its purpose. <laughs> Screw this. It's really surprising though. I mean, when you look at a company like Lee Valley in general and all the Veritas products, they're pretty much top notch. There's really not a stinker in the bunch, but something about that jig is and the not fact, great. The fact that there's been something about that jig for like eight years. A long time. Yeah. Longer this than is that, nothing more new. than likely. I mean, I got rid of my MK2 probably seven, seven or eight years ago. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing's been addressed. Nothing's fixed. I mean, I don't, I don't know. And certainly it's people very, have uh, varying levels of out of square, you know, but yeah, yeah it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's weird. very un, unly Valley like in general. Yeah. Just for how they typically do business. I mean, and again, this is, they're still a great company. I would support them a hundred percent. But this is just the anomaly in that, uh, you know, here's another thing. If you have suggestions, uh, give us some kickback on this so that we could pass those on in case Michael wants to give it a shot and see if he can't get this thing to, to work for him. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler, family owned since 1954. Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finished supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com for a store near you or use the code WOODTALK, it's all one word, and receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win the Rockler Precision Miter Gauge and Miter Gauge Fence. Yay, Miter Gauge. You can, you can pair it with your Blackburn frame saw and get square <laughs> cuts in 16-inch white elm. 
Sure can. That's how you choose. So please send us some questions, send us some kickback. Tell me, you know, that what kind of degree you need to be a registered nurse. Cause let's dig that up again. <laughs> oh, we're going to hear about it. Don't worry. <laughs> six years ago. Let's bring it back. I, I, I still don't know the answer to that. So someone obviously hasn't corrected me. I guess I need to go read the comments. So to do that, go to woodtalkshow.com <laughs> and you find all nice the comments tie-in. right there. You can leave the comments or you can ask a question via the contact form or just send us an email to woodtalkshow at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and hit us up there. Say hi to Margaret. Give her a big hug. Tell her thanks for being our social media <laughs> maven. She's awesome. She's awesome because we don't have to do it. And that's what. Yeah, that's that what. That's, so true. Yeah, that's really the bar that you have to, to get over to be awesome for us. All right. So I just Googled this. While you may hear the registered nurse designation <laughs> referred to as an RN degree, that wording is misleading. An RN is a nurse who has completed an associate degree in nursing also known as an ADN or a bachelor's of science in nursing uh, and has taken a test that is required to earn RN credentials. In other words, you can earn an ADN or a BSN degree to become a licensed registered nurse. I think that's probably, I mean, again, six years ago, that's probably where I was going. Like, it's like you you don't major in law and just be a lawyer. Like you have to pass the bar, right? You know, You can't just get a degree in nursing and be a nurse. You still have to pass like some sort of certification to be an R. I don't know. Again, six years ago, no idea. Question yeah, you is: You were wrong. You, you could you <laughs> major in could you major in like communications and then go take the RN certification exam and be a registered nurse? No, you can't. Well, there you go. Just stop. So then you have to By be the way, a any, degreed. Any... So the answer is yes. You have to be a degreed a degree oh in nursing in order to become an RN, just like you can't take the bar unless you have a law degree. I'd like to invite all registered nurses that listen to this show to uh, direct your fury at Shannon. Why are you furious at me? I'm maybe, trying to understand. maybe lawyers didn't go to law school. <laughs> what have I said that's wrong? I don't understand. <laughs> We're going to find out. So yeah, please tell me. I need to call my cousin who is a registered nurse and ask her. Yeah. Uh, Do your research yeah. before you speak. That's what that's what the woman who just commented said. Was it really? Yeah, she was kind of angry about it, and she said you should do your research before running your mouth. And it's like well, this is a podcast about woodworking. We're gonna say a lot of stupid things that are uninformed. It's a show about running goes. your mouth. I think yeah. that's what podcasting is, isn't it? Lots of talking without any research. I mean, have you yeah, listened to podcasts? Yeah, it's not like you need. I tell you what, you don't need a, gre- a degree for is podcasting. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and true. that's pretty damn obvious. <sighs> Anyway, now we know you have to have a degree. We didn't know that before, but now we know. Yeah. Oddly enough, all three of us do have a degree. And it's funny because most of the nurses I know are are quite affable people and not quick to anger. So apparently. Well, not that one. Guess her bedside manner is lacking. Wow. Oh, great. Now now she's coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm used to it, though. (laughs) All right. Let's end this show before we get into more trouble. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time. See ya. Hug your, hug your registered nurse. And Margaret. And Margaret. She's not a registered nurse, but she could be. We don't know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.